podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh my God. <laughs> what were you saying? Nothing, man. Welcome back. You were talking shit? I'm talking about how I'm getting slandered by a rat on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away, and it's gone! Welcome all, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And Texas Tech got a win, got a Big 12 conference win on Saturday. Uh, and I know usually I introduce him by calling him the people's champ, but he's not, he wasn't the people's champ this past weekend. The people hated him this past weekend. That is Jeremy Gillen, um, the, the, the Donnie Smith supporter and, uh, uh, and a triple B apparently, according to some people online, <laughs> a baby back B <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy stick up for yourself. Don't take that. I've become I've become a Batman that like I did what was necessary for our team to win. I picked against our team <laughs> because I knew that if I picked Texas Tech to win, we would have lost. We keep doing this ring around where we all get excited or convince ourselves and we all pick Texas Tech and then we lose the next game and I thought Nope, I am putting a stop to this right now for the sake of our season, even if it makes me the bad guy. I will do Dang. this. Um, you you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself as a villain. That's that's what you're saying. <laughs> this is what has happened here on Tortillas and Takes. Uh, but I will not relent on being a Donovan Smith fan. I think he's an excellent quarterback. He did showcase that on Saturday. But you're right. We got the dub. We got a win in the Big 12. This is an amazing feeling. And you know what? Maybe we can do it again against another mid-team. This is exciting. <laughs> the road to 9-3 and three begins here, I guess. <laughs> We're never losing again. <laughs> We're never That's losing right. Again. Great. It's, it's, it's great feeling on, on uh, win, uh, you know, Victory Tuesday. This is a pop-out on Tuesday, Victory Tuesday. Let's talk about it. So Donovan Smith comes back to the friendly confines of Lubbock, Texas, where he went to high school, where he graduated from college. He is a Texas Tech graduate, right? RR4L. <laughs> <laughs> right and so he comes back uh and he slings it like he played really well uh you know i put out a tweet where i was like donovan smith i ain't never ever seen you act like this before all right i know i know i know he's your boy jeremy and you've been a big supporter of his but he th- that donovan smith we saw on saturday especially in the first half i ain't seen him throw or, or do, process like that before uh, somebody made a joke that uh, in, in the chat is, is it was almost it was or not even the chat in, in, on Twitter it was almost as if the defense was like yeah we know how Donovan Smith plays and it was like wait oh no he got better how is this how is this possible how could this be <laughs> uh, but he he absolutely uh, played well at what first three drives three touchdowns was was incredible an efficiency in that first drive I don't think he missed a pass I think it was six for six I mean in not even just Donovan Smith, but Houston as a whole, he thought, okay, here comes a mid-team. They're going to kind of struggle. They're going to, you know, we've heard that they've been having offensive struggles, and yet they didn't look like that at all. And so it gave me a little bit of worry early on when they got the, when they marched down like no problem against this Texas Tech defense that we've taken some pride in. Donovan Smith is obviously, I've always said, you know, when this guy gets 
you know, ahead of steam and he's feeling himself. He's a really hard quarterback to beat. And so after that first drive, I thought, oh, shoot, this is going to be a really long day if he's already starting off like this. Um, incredible start by Houston. It wasn't the first drive that got me like that. It was the second. Because the first drive can always be a little bit of a fluke. You know, maybe the defense needs to wake up. Um, and then Dre McCray with an incredible 100-yard kickoff return touchdown. So I'm like, oh, okay. Incredible. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Side note, I do find it hilarious now with the new kickoff rules. The only way a kickoff for a punt return can be returned for a touchdown now is for it to look abysmal, first off. Oh, it's got to look like it's <laughs> falling look apart before the are off. Yeah, I'm a Texans fan, and we had a punt return. We had a kickoff return touchdown the other day where the fullback dropped the ball, let it trickle, almost turned it over, then picked it up and ran for a touchdown. Like, the only way for you to get a touchdown is for it to look abysmal first, and then you score. All right, but anyways, um, it was the second drive. The second drive, he did that because he just scored a touchdown, but that could, a myriad of reasons why your first uh, touchdown drive touchdown could happen. So I'm like, okay, but the defense is woken up. I know they're going back on the field, but they'll be fine. Um, and he throws it in completion. It's third and 10. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. 34-yard pass. 13, and then Parker Jenkins gets the ball a couple more times, and then none of the Don- another great Donovan Smith pass, and I'm like, oh, crap. We may be in for a long, a long day if the offense isn't, the offense isn't humming. It could be rough. But good news, Jeremy. The offense hummed. They hummed sweet tunes. That first drive, 12-play drive that ate up about five minutes from Baron Morton looked nice. It looked in sync. In sync. And you know why it looked nice, Jeremy? Because we were running the ball. <laughs> we were running the ball. It was great. I mean, that first pass, you know, we started off a Todd Brooks run. Then we had a nice pass play of 15 yards. And then a Todd Brooks run. And then a pass play. Then a run. Then a pass play. It was nice and balanced, right? We didn't try to just throw it all over the place. And we didn't, and, and we let Todd Brooks cook because he's one of the best running backs in the conference. Let him cook. Let him be that guy. It's the only... Um... I'll say two things that stood out to me in this first drive. Number one, do you realize that Texas Tech's first scoring drive and Houston's first scoring drive are nearly identical? Yeah. (laughs) It is crazy uh, how identical those playbooks ended up being. Um, You also get the only, only penalty you have all game in this drive from a false start. Texas Tech did an incredible job minimizing penalty, minimizing shooting themselves in the foot, which again, we've talked about at home, um, home cooking or not, like Texas Tech tends to take care of the small things better. And so the only penalty you pick up during the whole game is a false is a false start a um, couple plays in. But after that, I mean, this is, again, so something we were talking about and something we were kind of worried, there was some speculation, some rumor that Baron Morton, um, and there still could be validity to this, but Baron Morton may have strained his AC joint during the West Virginia game falling on his throwing shoulder never never it's more of like a nagging injury than anything but never easy to come back from uh, and bounce back in the way that he did Barry Morton played in a way that kind of shut up everybody about that um whether it's hurt or not he wasn't playing like it was going out and slinging having a full week of practice with the ones really showing that he was comfortable in the pocket I think it might have been the cleanest pocket cleanest game <clears throat> excuse me how am I trying to say this that game might have been the cleanest pocket I think 90 something percent of his plays were in a clean pocket that he's had his entire career and he took full advantage of it it wasn't like oh clean pocket I'm putting stress on myself I'm rolling out when I don't need to it was clean 
clean pocket. I'm going to stick in, run through my progressions, and make the plays I need to play. And so <clears throat> Baron Morton and Zach Kitley were making each other look really good all day. And so that first drive. Listen, we talk a lot of crap about Zach Kitley. We have. Everybody has. Zach Kitley balled out in this game. The play calling was incredible. It was great. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. You are right that Baron Morton made him look good. Todd Brooks made him look good. But the play calling was fantastic. No notes. 10 out of 10. Right? It was it was great. I mean, it's, it's a great combination, a great balance attack. You let your best player on offense cook a little bit with Todd Brooks. You were able to introduce Cameron Valdez a little bit later into the game as well. Good passing plays, things that set up, plays that got us past the first down. We were able to drive. Jeremy, we had five offensive – or actually, no, I take that back. We, technically, we didn't have five offensive drives. We had – in this game, we had three offensive drives in the first half. All three of them were touchdowns. Luckily, we had two more uh, touchdowns in this game because of that 100-yard kickoff return. And then Loic Fungi with a blocked punt touchdown, right? The only time that Houston t- punted in this first half – it was boom back for Texas Tech touchdown, and that gave us the lead at halftime, thirty-five to twenty-eight. So that like it was, it was defense was still struggling, right? They only held. There was only two times that they actually held Houston to anything. One was that fourth down conversion. The only other times because we ran out of time in the end of the game, and luckily Jack Martin for Houston missed the field goal. But Texas Tech, however, offensively and the special teams. Great job. Absolute great job. The only thing is at halftime, you're thinking, okay, well, offense is, is they're great right now. Special teams is great right now. We're up 35 to 28. Defense, what's up? Y'all have been the strength for us so far in the first few games. And in this game, you're letting Donovan Smith, our, the guy that we were we sent out to pasture last offseason, carve you up. What's going on? Right, and so what were your thoughts heading into halftime? Did you feel like this game was still a 50-50 game? Did we have the advantage, or what, were, what was going through your mind? It was crazy to me how, and again, we well, this game kind of flipped every all the narratives on their heads that we became so confident in the defensive unit. Uh, again, up to the half, we became so confident in this defensive unit, and I was kind of baffled that you know we were allowing um, again, love the guy, but Donovan Smith to kind of impose his will in a in a in a fashion that makes you feel like this guy's a top five quarterback in the Big Twelve. Like you can't stop him; he's got to be up for awards. He was having that kind of game through that point in the in the at the half. Um, I was v- severely disappointed uh, with Steve Linton. All game. I feel like Steve Linton really hasn't settled into a role uh, on the line, certainly hasn't made a big impact. I felt like he was just getting worked by the offensive line all game, never really, never really kind of made himself known. And so not being able to get that pressure on Donovan Smith. Now, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, uh, the, the law firm you know, played well. The the, the middle, Donovan Smith, Smith hardly ran up the middle. It was usually out wide. Um, and so the law firm did really well with that. I was just disappointed with seeming like a lack of communication, a lack of cohesiveness on defense allowed for Houston to get some really simple passes off. You know, I think that we were a little cushion. We had a lot of cushion with some of their receivers that we really didn't need to have. And Houston just did a really good job of exploiting it. So the fact that we were, I mean, we joked about it being the mid-off, like this is the mid-off before the mid-off when we played Baylor. But, you know, it, for it to be only one one possession swing at the half, I wasn't really comfortable. I was like, you know, I feel like at any point this could go the other way. <laughs> This felt like a mid-2010s Texas Tech football game. 
<clears throat> at halftime. I was like, man, no defensive defense is optional at this point, right? Like we weren't really stopping Houston other than that one time. And uh, luckily that pump block really is what was the, gave us the advantage uh, there at halftime. They put us up 35 to 28. But I agree with you that I didn't feel – I didn't go into halftime feeling, oh, yeah, we definitely – have the we, we had the win in tow it was more so feeling okay we have the advantage right we're going in with the lead and we get the ball to start off the second half so we have the we have the advantage if i was a betting if i was a betting man which i am shout out to prize picks i would um you know be expect texas tech to win but it's definitely you know instead of it being 50 50 maybe 55 45 right we had the advantage we got to come out but i will say this way the way i look at it, this team I have a lot of confidence in Tim DeRuiter. And knowing that, okay, we're up by a touchdown, offense is doing a really good job, I have a lot of confidence in Tim DeRuiter. Who do I feel is more, who do I have more confidence in potentially uh, in potentially stopping the opposing offense? And I think it, I have much more confidence in Tim DeRuiter than I have in Doug Belk who's the defensive coordinator for for Houston, right? And that's that's really where I'm looking at. Do I have confidence in Joey McGuire and, jo- and Tim DeRuiter, or do I have confidence in Dana Holgerson and Doug Belk? Sorry, Dana and Belk. I, I, Dana and Doug, the double Ds. I got confidence in McGuire and DeRuiter. And that's what happened in the second half. The second half, that defense showed up. A second after giving I don't know the last time I saw a team give up touchdown so easily in the first half and then give up jack squat in the second a second half shutout which is amazing considering what you were giving out giving up in the first half yeah it's usually the opposite and it's crazy that um i mean and you make a really good point that i think that just to hark on the harp on the experience again that tim deruder is no He's not new to this, right? He's not new to this. And so I think that he has the experience and the ability and the know-how to see, okay, at the halftime, like, man, this is where we're this is where they're kind of picking us apart. How do we adjust to that? And then creating those adjustments, those mid-game adjustments, and then coming on the second half. And Houston really couldn't get anything going. Like I said, the only one time where we had an oppor- they had an opportunity to um, to make a difference was when they went for it on that fourth and one uh, in the third quarter, I think it was. It was fourth and one, and they're like, hey, we're on the 28. Let's just go for it. It was a good call by Houston because I would have done the same thing. Yeah. It was a fourth and one. They were down by two touchdowns at the time. And the law firm came, Jalen Hutchins came up huge, burst through there. Tony Bradford right behind him. And, and uh, uh, Tony Mathis Jr. just had nowhere to go. He had absolutely nowhere to go. And uh, absolutely great job by that defensive front. I, I think one big adjustment that Deruta made was you made a great point in the first half. We, we, we pressed off. We, we gave a lot in front of us because we didn't want to give up the big play, which we still gave up the big play anyway with that 41-yard touchdown pass. But in the second half, we pressed up a little bit more. We, we were a lot more physical with the receivers. It made it a lot more difficult for Donovan Smith, right? We dis- we disguised a little bit of coverage in the back end, and then also the law firm, like you mentioned, got a lot more pressure. So so stuff that was a lot more comfortable in the first half for Donovan Smith was a lot less comfortable in the second half. Also, Parker Jenkins in the running game was able to cook a little bit in the first half. They yeah, didn't really cook in the second. Mm-mm. That run game was really shut down in the second. And so that also helped for Donovan Smith. If you're like, okay, well, 
you know, the secondary is playing off of me. I have time to process things because the D-line is not in my face the whole time. And the run game's going well. Oh, we're going to score. And they did. Scored four touchdowns in the first half. Second half, all of a sudden, secondary's pressed up. <coughs> Sorry. Secondary's pressed up. My run game's not there. And I got people in my face. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Totally different. <laughs> oh, acting totally different. Right? And, and, and it was, I think it was really tough for Dana, who's supposed to be an offensive guru, uh, to adjust in that second half. And offensively, we, we kept going. I mean, I think we slowed down a little bit, which is when you score, it's hard to score 35 on, on both halves. But uh, still, you get that two you get that two touchdown cushion that gives you a little bit more of a cushion. Defense comes to play, and you get that third touchdown to really, really put the game away. I mentioned it beforehand uh, in that fourth quarter. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, when we got the ball back, if we score a touchdown here, the game is over. And sure enough, Cameron Valdez said bet. <laughs> got the ball streaked down the side game over right game blouses so uh good good over and, and that really it was a three phases game offense showed up for to the tune of 49 points defense shows up to the tune of a second half shutout special team shows up to the tune of long punts from austin mcnamore which we're used to but also 100 yard kick return kickoff return and then the punt block and we were talking about this, uh, maybe it was preseason or in the Wyoming game. When's the last time that Texas Tech has had a kick return? It's been some time. It's been some time. So that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, this game <clears throat> really kind of played out in, in, in a very th- – th- there are some bads from this game. Namely, you let Donovan Smith throw for over 300 yards on you, 336 yards. That's unacceptable, right? Um but you do dominate, and, and, and most of that's really going to be in the first half, and you you do adjust and mitigate that issue for the second half. But now the question is like, okay, can we kind of do that the whole game? Because not every team's going to kind of roll over the way Houston's going to roll over just because you adjust. Um, but truly a very life-giving game in as much as Zach Kitley – Baron Morton playing very clean, um, a very clean offensive strategy, right? You get two touchdowns through the air. You get three on the ground, right? You're playing a balanced game again. We've all wanted the running game, and we heard that, oh, they, they were going to use more of the running game this this week, and they sure did. Um, not only did they, like, utilize Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez getting opera, like, obviously feeling a lot better. We heard that he was um, kind of <clears throat> coming over some, like, minor injury over the, over the summer and stuff, but he's feeling a lot better, getting a chance to run. Putting up 100, I mean, 211 yards or 212 yards between Tosh Brooks and Cameron Valdez. That's a, that's a great, you're putting yourself in a position like you were last season when you had Sir Roger Thompson and Tosh Brooks and you felt like you can hand off the ball to either of them with good production. Um, but it gives you a lot of optimism going forward, I think, because you're, you're scoring well in the first half as you have done decently this season, which was never the issue. It was, or excuse me, in the first quarter, <laughs> you, you continued production every quarter. You got points every quarter. The best teams will get points every quarter because you can't leave stuff on the board. So decision-making, even in the higher up, having McGuire <clears throat> and Kitley make what I felt were more sound decisions, game time decisions. Um, everything felt a little bit more we're going in the right track versus last week. It's like, I don't know what the hell we're doing. And I don't know how the, like how long the tenure of some of these guys are going to be if they're going to kind of continue this mindset. But credit to the Texas Tech football team, credit to the Texas Tech leadership, uh, the coaching leadership. They adjusted and you had a really good game against a team that you are 
you should win against. So you picked up a you, you picked up a dub, and uh, you've got a lot of good things to look forward to as you get ready for Baylor this this next week. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, I would I would hope you'd beat Houston. I mean, that's the kind of the 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 bright side, solemn side type of thing, right? Good game you know, all around. Oh, go ahead. And, and we say, you know, and, and in the same breath, the teams that we have lost against are so improving. I was about to get to this. So yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, it, so here's the thing, because I know you're about to say this, and you're so. Actually, you you go. I'll let you introduce it, because I know you're about to say this, and I do I do have a response to it. Great. Um, one way to look at this, because if I go too far, Albert's just going to flame me. One way to look at this is that the teams that you have lost against this season. They're not slouches, right? Wyoming is um, no slouch of a team. They've played us. They played Texas strong. Um, they'll be fine. Oregon, obviously, not no slouch of a team. Definitely looking to be a um, title contender in the Pac-12, and hopefully, in their mind, if they can continue to get good resume wins, uh, that they'll end up in the college football playoff. West Virginia, the team that was picked last in the Big 12, um, we all thought would be one and four at this point, but they're four and one. And they've had big wins against us, big wins against TCU now. Um, it's it, it's it's somewhat encouraging, although a loss is a loss, but it's somewhat encouraging that you the teams that you've lost against aren't just uttered trash. So I get that. I get that that they're not they're not terrible, right? They're all these teams have actually played pretty well this season. I get it. But, <laughs> but I think it's a cop out. I really do. I think it's a cop out. I think I think the thing about it is, is that yes, it does make me feel better that West Virginia is not as terrible as we thought they would be. That that okay, well maybe we should start looking at our opponents. You know, Wyoming's actually having a really good season, and I expected that actually that they would have a good experience. But there's still a group of five teams. It's still a team you should beat. It's still a team we had every absolute opportunity to beat. Yeah, Oregon just went out and put the beat. On Colorado, they look like every bit of a top 15. Great. Still should have beat them at home. We had a two-possession lead. Yes, West Virginia is actually a much better team than we expected. They just went out and beat a decent TCU team. They're actually pretty good. Dan, uh, uh, Neil Brown, I'm, I'm ready to cash in on my Neil Brown stocks, right? They look to be a much better team than we expected. Still doesn't matter. what we This team, the talent this team has, it's as good as the team should have been, all those games should have been Ws. And so I think right now we're in this phase of Texas Tech fandom where we say, well, I know that this team was supposed to be good, and, and I know that we lost those games, but those teams were actually pretty good already, so it's okay that we lost to them. No! <laughs> it's not okay that we lost to them, right? Like, I get it. Yes, it does make you feel better the teams you lost to are actually good. I get that. Guess what? To be a good team, you got to beat good teams. It's still not an excuse to lose, you know, all three of those games in my opinion, right? So I, I think this is just – I truly believe – this is just us coping with where we are now, which is fine, I guess, right? That the fact that we are two and three, and it makes you feel better that the three are against three good teams, but you're still three losses. You know what I mean? Like we're just trying to make it. We're trying to make trying to put lipstick on a pig here. We're trying to make it feel better, but it's still crappy. Like there's really no way around it. Um, I think anything I mentioned it before. Anything worse than four and one at this point would have been a disappointment. It is a disappointment because we're not at least four and one. You may argue we should be five and zero, right? Um, but uh, and so even this game, it's it's hard for me to. I, I, I we played a really good game in this one, 
right? And I do want to say that it was a, like I said, it was a three stages game. And it's one of those games where stats don't tell the whole story because you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, well, Baron Morton only had 161 yards and we let Donovan Smith go off for 336 and four touchdowns. That is all true. However, defense did have re- play a really good game in the second half. It doesn't tell the whole story. All right, and this is one of those games where you're gonna it's gonna look terrible stat wise because we did give up a lot of yards to, to to Houston, right? They were showing the stats throughout the game, and I'm like, yeah, but two of our touchdowns came off of special teams plays, so that's two drives that the offense didn't get a chance to re- to respond. So it's a bunch of stats that's not gonna be there, right? And the defense is gonna show the stats the fact that they shut down Houston completely in the second half. So it was a three stages game where defense played well in the second half, offense played well all together, and special teams was able to get us two touchdowns. Um, but it's against a team that I think is the worst team in the conference. Like Houston's bad. They're they're not good. They're a very bad team. Even even so that now even Houston fans. Shout out to, to Brian McTaggart, a very popular uh, reporter down in Houston who actually just came under fire <laughs> by ESPN and the Rangers. Uh, good for you, Brian. But anyways, um, Brian McTaggart is a U of H grad, U of H fan, uh, and even he admitted that he thinks U of H is the worst team in the Big Twelve. Right? Like now U of H fans are looking at that team like, yeah, this team stinks. Right. And so, like, even though I feel good about the win and we won by 21, we should win by 21. This is what we expect out of the Texas Tech team. Um, I kind of felt like we beat up a group of five team. Right. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Houston's not there yet. They're not they're not ready. And actually, I would argue after what we've seen from all of the, the freshmen for there's an argument to me hey, that none of them are ready, to be honest, even UCF, the team that I thought was going to really. Um, splash on the scene this year. There's an argument that none of them are ready, but U of H definitely isn't. And so, nice win, good win, expected win um, to get us back on track, but it's a home game against a team that's just, talent-wise, is just not there. right? And, you, and for a good half, they were going toe-to-toe with you. And so I want to really see what happens going forward, right? You got the butt bowl, so we had the mid-off. Now we're going to have the butt bowl, which every iteration of the word butt is in here. And we're going to talk about in the preview. It's very interesting, though, how alike Texas Tech and Baylor have been this year. How alike. Jeremy, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, again, I know this is not the Baylor preview, but I'm, I'm going to just point this out. I just want to say how alike these two teams are. I'm going to tell you <laughs> a statistic. You tell me which team this is. Or, or not a statistic, but a thing. For each game that's been played so far, and tell me which teams are. Game number one, a loss to an FCS team. Or not an FCS team, a group of five teams, sorry. Baylor. Yes, and Texas Tech. Both of them, both teams. Um, (laughs) Game number two, you play a top 15 Pac-12 team. You're leading the entire game, and you lose at the very end. Who is that? Uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Yes, and Baylor. Both of them. Both of them did this. Um, (laughs) Week three. You beat up on an FCS team. Who is this? Texas Tech. <laughs> yes. And Baylor. Both of them. Both teams did this. Uh, week four. <laughs> week four. You get in, you get somewhat embarrassed against the Big 12 team. Who is this? Baylor. <laughs> yes. And Texas Tech. Both of them did this. They both lost. Uh, games that Baylor lost to Texas, but they got blown out. Texas Tech lost the game that everyone thought they would win and lost that game. And week five, week five, you play a Big 12 newcomer and you end up winning the game. Who is this? 
<laughs> Baylor. <laughs> yes, and Texas Tech. Both of them did this. The exact same team are playing each other next week. These are the exact same oh teams. God. They're both playing each other this week. I don't. It's, it's amazing to me. It's you know what's funny? Baylor was getting whooped by UCF, and the second the Texas Tech game ended, Baylor started their incredible comeback. Like, it was almost as if they were like, "Hold on, Texas gonna win this week? Oh, we can't. We can't let this slide. <laughs> we got. We got to also can't lose now." Yeah, we can't lose that. Actually, I didn't even say it. I said we uh, both teams came back against the Big 12 newcomer. Uh, both Texas Tech and Baylor. Identical teams. Completely identical teams, but by every sense of the word, both two and three. Um, both are only two wins are against an FCS team and a Big 12 newcomer. Uh, yeah, wild. Wild game. Um, it is on the road. We know Joey and company don't like coaching on the road. Uh, but we also know that Baylor has kind of given up on their the Baylor fan base, kind of given up on the team. I ain't gonna lie to you. Maybe they come back after the UCF win, but they they said goodbye and good riddance to this team. Uh, at halftime of the UCF game, they were done. <laughs> okay, that fan base was done. So we'll see. But um, but yeah, I just I, you know I'm happy about the win. I don't want people to think I'm not happy. I'm very happy about the win. I'm I'm just a little skeptical as far as what it actually means for the team, and I'm not. I don't, it, it doesn't, it, like, to me, it doesn't mean anything. Like, a loss means that we really stink. And for a good half, I was like, man, just how bad are we? Right? So, at least I know that we're not awful. We're not terrible. Uh, we can go to a bowl game, maybe. But I still don't think it changes my opinion of this team beforehand. Yeah, this this upcoming week's not going to... It's not really the question this upcoming week. It's what's remaining after the upcoming week. There's a lot of competition left on the schedule, and it's just going to get harder. And so, you know, your hope is that you can take the momentum, the small things that you did right in this game against Houston, replicate it against Baylor, and then continue that to build upon that success. You know, it's what we did last season, if you remember. Um, you know, it was kind of a rough start for Texas Tech. And there were some games where you thought, yeah, I just don't know. You know, this team doesn't really feel like they have it. Um, but it was McGuire and squad identifying those weaknesses in that team and then building off of that. And then you go on an incredible kind of run at the end of the season where you feel like you're world beaters. And then you prove that in a bowl game. And so our best hope right now is to replicate that kind of season, right? Big 12 championship, probably out of the, most likely out of the picture. Um, anything beyond that. 100% out of the picture. So really, I think the best outcome for your team this season is to replicate that kind of success, get to a bowl game and beat whoever that is, which is not a terrible thing in the second year of a first year or second year of a head coach. Um, it's just a little still a little bit disappointing because of where our expectations were set at the beginning. And maybe that, maybe that's just truly on all of us. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just kind of hard. Yeah, well, Jeremy, for me, I think, you're right. I think with the expectations of the season is kind of putting a little bit of a cloud on the team. Maybe we should re- refrain from the expectation. Like, let's take the expectations out of it. Because to me, we, we shouldn't have – we should really think about where we are now as a team. But I know people that are listening, they have expectations of this podcast to be brought to us by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. All right, Charlie Hustle – is a vintage inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. They specialize. Did you like that one, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, 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 you um, nailed it. They specialize in Texas Tech and 
hometown Kansas City apparel. So you can get your tech stuff and get your chief stuff. You can get your 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 Baron Morton gear and your Pat Mahomes gear all at one place, right? Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off that Texas Tech spirit all season long. Um, and they have got us covered with all of our needs. Shop today at charliehustle.com using our promo code 101215. That is TN1215. That's good for 15% off of all non all non-sale items. Again, promo code 101215. Charlie Hustle Vintage Made Fresh. So give me the player of the game for you, Jeremy. Oh. That's actually a really good question, and you know, I mean, the player—I will say—the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve player of the week was Todd Brooks. I just want to point that out there. Yeah, and he's had an excellent—I mean, three games over a hundred yards. Uh, he was an honorable—he um, got an honorable mention on something big. So, I mean, tremendous pick there. I will real say, ju- real, real journalism here. Honorable mention on something big. That's, that's, that's something that's big. I don't get paid that much money. That's what you get from Tortillas and Takes Podcast. True journalism. <laughs> uh, I will actually give it to um, God. God. Okay. Yeah. Give props to the big G. <laughs> give it to God. No. Oh, my gosh. I don't. Can I give it to Cameron Valdez? I think that, you know, having six opportunities to run the ball, coming up with 111 yards, and of course you broke off that 50-plus yard run and getting a tutty, but you you solidified the game, you you maximized your time on the field, and you solidified a victory for Texas Tech um, off of that good call, bad result situation for Houston. You put the nail in the coffin, you maximized, and you showed everybody that, like, hey, I'm here, I'm that guy, I'm ready to be a part of this rotation. Um, Taj Brooks is king, but I am the prince. So, like, for me, I feel like Cameron Valdez had a powerful game. Nice, nice. nice. And that's a thunder and lightning. Um, the thunder and lightning combination they're seeing. I, I'm excited for Cameron Valdez. Like, I, I've loved his, I loved his tape in high school. I think he's, he's truly a beast there. I do want to make a correction on something I said before. Uh, Todd Brooks actually got Earl Campbell Player of the Week honorable mention, uh, and Loic Fungi got Special Teams Player of the Week for the Big Twelve. Uh, and shout out to Loic also. Loic very good game today, um, and he's actually you know very good game today. I, I thought of him for my Player of the Week because he scored two touchdowns, one in offense, one in special teams. Uh, really kind of stepping up. We've been asking Loic to step up for three years now, and it's, it's, <laughs> it seems like it's finally it's finally coming. But you know what my person of the game is. Zachary Kittley. Zach Kittley, step up to the front. All right? <laughs> now, nah, man, listen. When, when, you, when you ride a guy, pause. When you talk about a guy and you, you really get on him for, for this, that, and the other, and you get on him for this, that, and the other, it's really important that we give him his, his just due when he when he's does well. Give the man his roses. Give, give the man his roses. He balled out in play calling. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Like, it was... 10 out of 10 no notes. I was very happy with how our offense was functioning the entire game. Even in the second half when we kind of went into cruise control, we had control. In the second half, there wasn't a time that I thought, oh, we're not going to win this game. And I, and I have doubts a lot <laughs> watching Texas Tech football. Um, how often I didn't did doubt you think for a couple. About the picture of him and uh, Kingsbury walking down the hall. 
<laughs> in the first half, what kind of what kind of notes did he suggest? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, for both for good and bad reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but no, it was just it was really. I mean, and King versus mentors. So I actually do think there is something to that, where maybe he is able to gain some notes and gain some knowledge from from Cliff Kingsbury. But I I really think that he it was really good to see. Zach Kitley and, and show off a little bit using that balanced attack, understanding that we do got some, some, some horses in the stable. Let's use them. Right. And he was able to, to, to really push that forward. So Zach Kitley is my player of the game. Um, and, and, you know, honorable mentions being a low fungi, like I mentioned before, Jalen Hutchins had an incredible game. Ben Roberts continues to impress. Ben uh, Roberts. That's what I wanted to say. That was kind of my honorable mention. Ben Roberts, four games. You're nearly at 40 tackles already. He has played incredible. And I mentioned that, you know, with Jacob Rodriguez coming back into the lineup, Ben Roberts is going well, to have to continue Pierre, to ball out. And he, Josiah Pierre is coming back next game against Baylor. And so now I think it'll be interesting because now in Pierre, listen, Josiah Pierre, buddy, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a dog. Yeah. He's a dog. Got that dog in him. And so actually seeing him next to Roberts is going to be very interesting for sure. And CJ Baskerville had a good game. And you were talking about CJ Baskerville before the, in the preview pod. So, I mean, nine tackles, tackle for a loss. It's not terrible. No, CJ, okay, here's my thing. CJ Baskerville is very good in run defense, very good in that short stuff. Uh, in coverage, he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a bit. Right, that's that's where I he gave up a he gave up a touchdown in this game. He's just not great in coverage, um, and that's where that's really the biggest difference between him and Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters at the same position, not only was a was a beast in the run game, but he wasn't a liability passing wise either. If he's lined up one on one on a tight end, that tight end's not gonna have a fun time. If he's lined up one on one on a slot receiver, that slot receiver's gonna have to work for everything he's got against Muddy. To where with CJ, not the best coverage guy, and that's my that's my critique when it comes to defending the run. Even defending like screen screenplay, CJ's a beast. Defending screenplays, CJ Basketball is fantastic, right? Yeah, he's there. Uh, it's just you know a running back screen out to the side. Uh, it's, it's not going to be easy on our, our boy Basketball. So that's that's kind of my, my juxtaposition there. Um, but but overall, you, you are right though. Right? Decent game from from Basketball, especially in run support. Uh, but yeah, Ben Roberts, I'm excited for him. Excited to see what I mean. Our liability defensively was linebackers. And Roberts has stepped up in a huge way. Josiah Pierre, like I said, is that guy. And then we do get Jacob Rodriguez, who looked really good before he went out, um, come back into the fold. That's not as much of a liability anymore. For us worrying about the linebackers at the beginning of the year, it's kind of turned on its head. <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. Seriously. So, uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Yes, last thing, last statistical note. Um, you did a really good job protecting the ball this 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 game. No turnovers. Feel that. Feels good. On the opposite end of things, defensively, you didn't create any turnovers. So kind of a difficult, you know, two-headed coin to or two two double-edged sword there. And so, you know, hoping that next week against Baylor we can replicate keeping taking care of the ball, but also taking away the ball. You know, take three university, all that. Absolutely. I, mean, I think we're gonna need it. Baylor game's gonna be fun and good simply because we both stink. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know. We may, we may have somebody on for that one. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be, a, it'd be a fun time where we all talk about our troubles and our travels. So, um, we will have that preview out later this week to talk all things, but all things, but so 
for um, the questionable champ, the questionable people's champ, <laughs> the people's champ that's up for re-election, Jeremy Gillen. This is I'll Be Sure, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.